When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen. Andy Brant Bernard. Cassie Schrader. And we will be right back with our three Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business that started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Let's get that horn section going. I always think of Carlton. Here it comes. Ed Carlton, that's that is true. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. Yeah, it's it's not unusual. Tom Jones, seventy-eight years old today, huh? Yep. Really? Dean Martin's dead, so he did his <laughs> I, birthday. Well, hold on, I Prince think I put it. Dead. How old was Dean Martin when he died? He was in his late seventies. Yeah, I was gonna say he wasn't. Let's see super here. young. I always think he was young, but he wasn't. Dean Martin um, yeah. would be a hundred and one today and he's been dead how long do you know uh, 1995 so oh, so he yeah he would have been 70 78 yeah 78 i mean that's not old but it's not young yeah it's average and he was and he killed himself yeah. basically yeah <laughs> he probably would have lived a lot longer power, um i sometimes wonder like how old could grandma have gotten to had oh my she god not smoked? a thousand yeah. or ever ate a vegetable, mm-hmm. she would have never died. Mm, that's pretty much Your true. mom would have been the immortal. bionic woman, yeah. <laughs> the immortal woman. Well, she'd only be 98, so she could still be alive. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. She would have lived, ex- although I am convinced that your family thrives on things that are bad for you. Yeah. I don't. Like, if you get... 
Oh, yeah. Diet soda. It's delicious. <laughs> it <laughs> That's is a look delicious. on Alex's face. <laughs> you stop eating on the air. What are you doing? This is also delicious. Yeah, it's also <laughs> crunchy as hell. I ate on air yesterday. Yeah, I know you But you, you did. can't yell at an overdue pregnant woman. <laughs> what did I just say? Stop crunching. I turned my mic off. Oh, okay. Eat pineapple. That doesn't make any noise. All right. Well, what are you eating? Food. Gardettos? Yep. Are, are Gard- I've never had Gardettos. They're good. They are. They're very salty. They're very salty. If you like salt. Well, I was just telling Melissa on the way here that when I eat peanuts, I eat the shell because they're so salty. You, you know, a lot eat of, the shell? Like a you lot consume of people it? Do that. Yeah. Isn't that like really bad for your gut? Nope. I've never had any problems with it. Ugh, I eat. I can, it's weird. I can't digest lettuce, but I can digest peanut shell. That's like, how does that make any sense? Yeah. Well, because lettuce is a weed. Why do you want to eat weeds? Because mm. there's many positive nutritional properties not to lettuce. lettuce. There's not. Yeah. Romaine. There's like protein. Oh, romaine, yeah. If I could romaine. eat salad, I would. Here's the deal. But instead I eat wood. Except they for there's E. coli. And people who eat peanut shells and eat the entire apple, including the core. There's cyanide and seeds. apple seeds. Yeah. Uh, well, people who eat the entire apple and they eat the peanut shells. And there's one other thing they eat all of. Orange peels? They tend to be a lot smarter than the rest of us. I know a lot of people eat the shrimp tails. Oh, Which is, oh, God. Uh, yeah. oh, there's no way I could do that. I used to, in high school, mom and I would go once a month to get our nails done. Yes. And there was this guy that his nails were like a centimeter thick and like so long, but like the strongest human nails of all time. And mom was like, how are your nails this strong? This is ridiculous. She's like, mine break off all the time. And he's like, eat the whole shrimp. Yep. Really? It's not that uncommon in Asia. That's my, like, go that gives you strong nails. If you eat the whole shrimp, I'm like. It's hard as a rock. It's nasty. A shrimp tail? I don't feel like I'd chew it for like 15 minutes and still be like, nope, this isn't going down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, it it would say, I've never eaten a shrimp tail. I've accidentally had had just the little wrap part, but not the tail, but the part that wraps around the base. But then Mm -hmm. you spit it out. But then you spit it out because it's like, God, it's sticking up between your teeth. I mean, who needs it? (laughs) Gross. Right? Am I right? Yeah. yeah, when you smile, you look like a bait shop. Yeah, you look like, exactly. You look like you've been at a bait shop. Yeah. So, Alex, i got to run this by you because okay. mom kind of turned on you last night. What a shock. Did you ever watch the show, watch the show Shit's Creek? And by the way, no. it's S-C-H-I-T-T, so you don't Oh, yeah, she says that, that I'm like the stupid one or whatever. <laughs> she's not stupid. You're the daughter, not uh, the stupid she's one. Like, she's terrible in some Her way. Well, they're all terrible. But she's like this awful human being. She's and not mom's, awful. And mom's like, that's like She's not awful. She's just privileged. Because this guy came back. He, he asked her to watch his farm while he was gone, and he was gone for quite some time. He came back, and all his plants had died. The house was a complete mess. Everything was a disaster. So he goes to see Alexa. <laughs> he said, uh, yeah, there's a lot of problems out at the farm because you forgot to go out there. And she goes, oh, I didn't forget. I just didn't go. <laughs> And your mom goes, there's Alex right there. What the F? (laughs) Why? I don't act like that. Yes, you do. If somebody asked me to water their plants while they were away, I would go and water their plants. Yeah, you do that. You do that. But there are other things you won't do. What? Like what? I don't know. Give me. See? You can't even think of an. Give me an example. I know. I'll I'll think of one. What will I not do? For next week. I'll think of one for next this week. Is I love doing favors for people. This is offensive. It's offensive and, and hurtful. And I am going to call HR. Call an HR. Which is myself. Yeah, that would be you. So You'd be HR. I get a raise. No, and mom has to be... Punished. In some way that what? I will disclose it i think what it is 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 you don't you kind of look the same but not completely but the way you talk is almost identical Mm. but i'm not a giant brat oh yes you are okay and you and andy both are if anybody's privileged me mom oh mom yeah are you you freaking kidding me no question (laughs) you know she's not here to defend herself but that's good yeah But she, honest to God, I've been out weeding. Oh, boy, that's terrible. Oh, my God. 
Did any of the weeds turn on you like coworkers? <laughs> well, it's like the <laughs> stuff that, that she's happened? like, I'm so busy all the time. It's like, it, doing so, what? <laughs> I love to pick on your mom while she's not here. It's a wonderful <laughs> thing. It makes me very, very happy to be picking on your mom when she's not here to defend herself. We love Catherine Brandt. Yes, we do. She's one of the best human beings on the planet. But she has one of the greatest lives of any living human, other than being married to me. That part's not that great. I remember but, one time she, I was like, oh yeah, I went to get a manicure. And she looks at me and Becky was there and she goes, okay, princess. And I was like, <laughs> you get your nails done every other yeah. week regularly. You have like a nail lady. And I'm like, I went to an Asian spot for 25 bucks. This is the first time I've had my nails done in like six months. But I'm a princess. No, I know. <laughs> I, I was like, where were you? I was getting my hair done. Next day. Where were you? I was getting my nails yeah. done. Next well, day. She, where were you? It's like, good God. For a while there, she went to one woman to get her hair dyed, another woman to get her hair cut, <laughs> and then back to the woman that dyed her hair to get her hair like done. I know. I'm like, why this takes up so much of your time? She likes it. This is exhausting. She likes that stuff. I know, but now she goes to one person. Oh, she does? So she's not going as frequently, which makes way more sense. Did she go to Gina? No. Oh, I thought she did. Gina started going back. She works with Jason again. Oh, I didn't know that. I like her, though. She's a very nice person. Gina's very nice, but Jason Indeed. Ixnay. Just moving on, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Oh, no, this is political. I don't want to talk about this. There's, You know, one thing about doing the news, ladies and gentlemen, on on a radio show or a podcast, trying to fight off all of the political stories is almost impossible. Yeah, good luck to you. It's nearly impossible. (laughs) Well, how about the guy in Texas who decapitated a rattlesnake? And then picked up the head. What an idiot. Mm-hmm. Are you what? In? Oh, yeah. What and a then mo- it bit him? Yep. Yeah. The head bit him, and guess where all the venom is? Yeah. In the head. Yeah, the because teeth. it couldn't, there was the only place for it to go is in the head. Yeah. Well, so he picked it up, and it bit him and almost killed snake him. Snakeheads stay a while, alive for a while, so if you pick one up, then it'll just bite you. So, did the guy didn't die, though, did he? Almost. He needed 26 doses of antivenom. 26 oh. doses of antivenom. Mm. <laughs> A normal bite requires two to four, which, why is it many doses for normal? I was going to say, I think it'd be one. But that's still about eight times as many doses as a normal bite. So, yeah. Yep. (laughs) I just, (laughs) well, you know, survival of the fittest. Uh, I guess it's true. Well, in his defense, when you chop up the head of most things, they do die right away. How long did snakes stay alive for? Um... Uh, it doesn't say how long. Is but it up it's, to a day? It's quite some time. Oh, really? A day? Oh, yeah. That Sometimes much? it's up to a day. Because chickens, it's like a few minutes. <laughs> Their bodies stay alive. <laughs> that would be so horrific to see. Yeah. yeah. A headless chicken, chicken running around without yeah. a head. They're yeah. such simple animals, yeah. They are simple. Oh, chickens. All right. And you ever watch, you ever watch all the women in the room, you ever watch Samantha B? No. Never. I've never seen it either. I don't know what Not a is. whole lot of people do. Last night's episode. Yeah, would you look up and see how many average viewers she has? Because she's only on once a week on TBS. I, there's no way she has more than 100,000 I don't know anybody I, that's ever heard of that I show. never heard of her before this whole <laughs> comment did. she did with Ivanka Trump. She's never been on the show. She's never called in and asked to be on the show, so I don't know what to tell you. Last night's episode of Full Frontal with Samantha B, which led off with B's mix of apology and defiance, saw a drop-off in national advertisers as some brands hit the pause button while the drama over B's C-word usage played out. Among the national advertisers who stayed in the mix last night were Sony PlayStation, Cascade Dish Detergent, and upcoming summer movie releases Ocean's 8 and Jurassic World. So that's good for her. On the May 30th episode, by contrast, more than twice as many national spots aired, including ones for blue-chip advertisers like Microsoft, Taco Bell, and Geico. Many conservative media outlets, no doubt emboldened by President Donald Trump's leaping to the defense of his daughter Ivanka, has characterized the week-to-week change as a pullout or boycott by advertisers. But it was notable that no tweets or press releases announced a full-scale withdrawal from the show. This appeared to be mostly a case of brands laying low, as B had telegraphed that she would open the show by taking on the controversy. When contacted by Deadline, Turner declined to comment. Turner, of course, owns TBS. 
How many uh, viewers does she have per week? <clears throat> I can't find the actual ratings. I just see someone saying that it goes like her, she's losing viewers, but they're not saying how many viewers, so it's not well, really helpful. Well, she couldn't have had many because TBS doesn't have that many viewers. I, I really doubt she has more than 100,000 viewers and maybe not even that many. Well, so I don't know what to tell you. The pullback last night was hardly Anheuser-Busch withdrawing from the Super Bowl, although the bowl of the show is a buzzy uh, critical darling that helps the TBS brand. It isn't pulling in massive sums from ads. Multiple sources said advertisers who opted out last night were accommodated with an ad inventory elsewhere in Turner's profile. It remains to be seen whether there's uh, any lingering effect from the controversy, but B's fans still seem to be staying true to her. Inscape, which provides automatic content recognition through smart TVs, a cutting-edge way to measure TV ads and content, said viewers of her show are more likely to watch other TBS shows. They also reacted, oh, my God, that's not good I news for her. I think it is because... I hate sites that do that so much. Oh, they did that. Uh, last year in February, they, let's see, an average audience of about a million. No way. And since then... They've gone down, let's see here. Year to date, uh, she's gone down 34% for it, this year. So she's that would mean 650. Yeah, but the problem they got is that The Tonight Show only draws about 1.6 million viewers. Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel only draws about 1.5 million viewers. I think uh, Colbert draws about 1.8 million viewers. There is no way she's drawn two-thirds of the Tonight Show audience. Not a chance. So I don't know where they're getting their numbers, but that's just not happening. But the, the problem she has is, basically, there are a lot of morning shows. Well, not a lot. There are a few morning radio shows in America that pull that many people. So it's, no, there's no way she pulls that many. Not a chance. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I do know that uh, she should calm down, and, and so you guys can't even tell me if she's funny or not. You don't I don't even know. know what she looks like, or I don't know anything about her. Well, wouldn't you be her audience? I mean, people your age, women your age, people would be my her age, but not me. But not you. Too so much nobody of in a... this room seen it. Have you ever seen it? No, and you haven't seen no. it. No. See, I mean, I, I don't. Who's her audience? Well, that is it. Like a Chelsea Handler type. Yeah, maybe. Audience, maybe. Do you like Chelsea Handler? I don't even know who she is. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good thing, yeah. Because if you said yes, I'd be like, get out of here immediately. Right, time to go. <laughs> well, she lost her latest show. I know she had a show on She's Netflix so or something. She's had shows. And, I know. It's like all, you obviously aren't going to make it because they're always canceled. They all, She always gets canceled, and she's very <laughs> difficult to deal with. We all, I only had her on a couple of times, and she was just too big a pain in the ass, so I just never booked her again. It's not candy. It's just the same as Andy. That's exactly Giant right. Pain Who continues to eat Gardettos even though I asked him to stop. He's turning his mic off. And they're gone now. So they're all gone. All your Gardettos are gone now. Yep. No all more Gardettos. Right. We will take a break here. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? 
Happy wife, happy life. DMR Clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Be like a fool. No, no. Oh, we're going to play a little Prince now because it's his birthday, too. Yep, this was my, uh, I think my earliest memory, this song. Is this Raspberry Beret? Yeah. Oh, my God. I have a funny story with it, too. <laughs> Dan has a video of Fawn when she was, like, eight months old eating raspberries. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, she's, she's eating raspberries, and then she just starts going... <laughs> and he like dubbed Raspberry Beret over it. And so when she starts doing this, it goes Raspberry Beret. Well, when I was little, I remember, I think this was like the first Prince song I remember hearing was okay. Raspberry Beret. And I thought when you, when I was little, he was saying Raspberry Beret. So okay. I remember going to the store. I was probably like four or five around that age. Twelve. And you know those little plastic barrettes that yeah. little girls would wear? I remember there was a package and there would always be multiple colors in it. But they yeah. had one that was kind of a raspberry mauve pink color. And I rem- told my mom, I'm like, I got to get just that one. Can you <laughs> find me just that color? And she's like why and she's like i go because mom if i wear it prince will love me she's like what are you talking about <laughs> he sings about raspberry barrettes all the time and it was just it was just one of those cute little memories oh i have with my Aww, mom and that's so, i can't wait for fawn to be the age where it's like she does like she's getting stuff but not quite and then they make those cute little yeah. mm-hmm. those are so funny you mean like your uh <clears throat> that guy is a chimp on his shoulder <laughs> okay like that one okay you mean that Okay, one? let's talk about this. You did say for, that guy no, has a chimp on his shoulder. For a long time, I thought that the phrase was he has a chimp on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, but she was like eight. But so. there is a phrase that's monkey on their back. Yep. So yeah. why is it so that's hilarious true. and that's outlandish true. that I would think that it's chimp on your shoulder? Yeah. Yeah, but chimp on your shoulder. That's not that. You and mom think it's like the funniest thing of all time and i'm like but it's monkey on your back chimp on your shoulder that makes sense we're tying the two yes you're tying the two together that's all it was and it kind of means the same thing yes it does so when when the big guy on wkrp accidentally put uh heroin on his foot he thought it was foot powder so he said he had a monkey on his foot Yeah, a monkey on your back means you have a, a yeah. serious problem. Yes. So he thought he would have a monkey on his foot. <laughs> Which, you know, never mind. Well, my oh, oldest boy, when he was probably about three, he was trying to, he goes, Mom, what? It was Easter. And he's like, what is Easter? And I explained the whole Easter story to him with Jesus and everything. I said, do you love Jesus? Jesus? And he goes, yeah, I love Jesus. They're great. And I'm like, <laughs> the whole time I've been telling, I sat probably for 20 minutes telling, he, the whole time he thought I was talking about Jesus. Jesus that <laughs> rose from the grave. Yeah. He loves Cheez-Its. Well, Cheez-Its are great. There's I thought, um, you know, the dawn's early light. Yeah. I thought it was the dawn's early light. A lot of people think that. Yeah. Yeah. Like Don's that early. was a, an adjective. Yeah, dawn's early. <laughs> it kind of was dawn's early Until looking. probably like Two five years ago. Years ago. <laughs> five years ago. God. No, no. I was younger than that no, I, I don't think you were in your line but no i thought it was don's early for Don, early but i never used don's early. early like in my everyday life like you're looking very don's early today well use it you should invent the word just that don's early you're doesn't that sound like dapper and yeah don's early. exactly it sounds like, like, you're like dapper. dapper you're don's early the don's early life <laughs> there you have it <laughs> An Indianapolis CrossFit facility that came under fire after canceling a special Indy Pride event is now out of business, and a top CrossFit official who supported the gym is out of a job. A message posted on the door of CrossFit Infiltrate informs visitors that the business will no longer operate in that space. On Google, it is listed as permanently closed. Uh, The announcement comes just days after the gym faced criticism when a special workout planned by coaches at CrossFit Infiltrate in support of Indy Pride, was canceled by gym owners. The controversy blew up as thousands from the LGBT community 
are expected to join in 2018 Indy Pride Fest events this weekend. CrossFit Infiltrate has determined that it will no longer operate business at this location. The sign posted on the locked front door says, We thank you for your patronage and your support. Dan Mendoza and his fiance Ryan Nix had only been members of the gym for about three months when they learned the gym was planning an event for Indy Pride Week. The coaches and manager organized the event, Mendoza said. The gym wanted to show support. It was just a workout. But last week, the gym's members got an email saying it was canceled. When Mendoza asked why, the coach, he said, told him that the directors and owners of Infiltrate value health and wellness, and they believe that this event does not. In an email, and uh, directed him to... Uh, uh, to infiltrate owner Brandon Lowe. Okay. Uh, when I got that email, I was a little confused, but I didn't think anything of it, he said. I thought maybe they thought that pride had become something else that people drink. Yeah, what? what? Health and well? What? Okay. See, the CrossFit is stupid, and so... I agree. Everybody that does CrossFit doesn't understand normal all, words. it's really way too hard for most people. Well, and it's so hard on your body. It's really hard I see on your people body, doing yeah. these things, and I'm like, you look like you're going to snap in half. Why are you doing this? Now, here's a headline. I, I wonder why you would put this up here. Poll. 51% of white evangelicals support businesses' refusal of service to LGBT customers. Why specify white? Why specify white? Because we're a terrible race. We are now the... Seriously, we're the smallest race on the planet white people are. No. Oh, yes, we are. Who's who's smaller? Asians, obviously. No. Inuits? <laughs> no, Not no, a whole no, lot of no, Inuits. No. Hmong people? Inuits. No, because Hmong are they're the, still Asian. But, like, I mean, a subsect. Well, they're... Aborigines? Uh, Aborigines American are still black. American Indians. They're not African, but they're black. American yeah. Indians. Yeah, American Indians probably the probably, probably the way well, yeah, that would definitely have to be the smallest. That's true. Yeah, but white people are tiny compared to most races. We're a minority. We are a minority, and I'm getting sick of ha- getting hassled I by the man. Respect. Why would you even put that up there? Fifty-one percent of white evangelical people support like business. To I, I stir the pot. They sure do. When I got that email, I was a little confused, it says here, of course. Uh, I don't know. It just The intolerance of the LGBTQ ideology toward any alternative views is mind-blowing, he wrote in one tweet. In a now-deleted, a uh, series of now-deleted tweets. So who's this Burger guy? i got to find out who Burger is because I don't know mm. who Burger might be. I don't know. Burger um, King. <laughs> it's not Burger King. <laughs> That was really, really nice. Really nice, Alex. Didn't even know if you'd hear that. When I got that email, I was a little confused, but I didn't think anything of it. He said, I thought that maybe uh, they thought that pride had become something else that people drink. But Nix was upset and wanted to learn more, Mendoza said. So Mendoza reached out to Lowe for more elaboration. Um, Lowe emailed back a few hours later at the foundational, at, it says, at the foundational detractor from health. What the hell does that mean? As we believe God sets the parameters for is pride, the email said, we believe that true health and forever can only be found within humility, not pride. Humility is seeing oneself as they truly are and as God truly defines them to be. As a business, we will choose to deploy our resources towards those efforts uh, and causes that line up with our own values and beliefs. Mendoza was stunned. I was shocked because I was hoping that it wasn't that, he said. I really couldn't believe it. I felt like it was discrimination. You're saying one thing, you're trying to be polite about it, but I think we can all read between the lines. After that email, I didn't feel welcome there anymore. Mendoza said the coach who said the event was canceled told him she tried to plead with Lowe to continue the event, but he wouldn't permit it. The coach has not responded to questions from anyone. So there are Christian people that don't like gay people and they're pretending like Oh, it's not just Christian being. people. It's people of, of all faiths. I mean, there are homosexuals that get thrown off of buildings and killed in the Middle East, in certain oh, parts yeah, of the Middle yes. East. I mean, it, it, yeah, there are a lot of religions that don't like gay people, and I don't yes. know why. Why is that a how did that ever become a religious thing? Is it because the birth of a baby is the most important thing in these religions? Is that what it is? There's like a couple things in the Bible that talk about like if a man lay with another man. 
Oh, they they do. They talk about that. Leviticus. Yeah. Leviticus. Thy yeah, hand shall it, not lay with another man. Yeah, people take the Bible so seriously. I mean, word for word. But in all honesty, if you were to have sex with your husband without procreating, that's considered a sin too. Oh, that is. Yes, it is. So it's Absolutely. like well, and like not too many. Like in a, the same passage. Where it says if a man should lay with another man, it also says something about like it's wrong to eat shrimp. Uh, eat <laughs> yeah. shrimp. It's wrong to cut your like for women to cut their hair short. Way to go. There's like a couple. Typical. Bef- yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I do remember I was in Sister Myrtle's class at St. Joseph's School. I was in fourth grade, and we were each supposed to read a passage from the Bible, and I started laughing, and she got so mad at me, it was unbelievable. But look. When I was in fourth, I started school early. So when I was in fourth grade, I was eight turning nine, which is pretty young for fourth grade. That's why you have ADD. That's very true. <laughs> but anyway, so I don't know. Why would you give me this passage to read anyway? Because you know who I am. I had to read from the Bible. I know what passage it is. The, the, about the donkey? Yep. It is. I had to stand up in front of the class and read, Jesus tied his ass to a tree and walked 20 miles. <laughs> I, I still laugh when I say that. I'm sorry, but we didn't know donkeys were called asses, first of yeah. all. I had no idea donkeys yeah, were Yeah, when you're that asses. young, you're not, yeah. So Jesus tied his ass to a tree and walked 20 miles to me. To this day, all these years later, I still find that to you be You picture funny. Jesus with a tree tied to him with walking. With a tree tied to his ass walking along, having a wonderful... It's got nothing to do... I'm not trying to disrespect Jesus or anything, but don't have me read that. Yeah. Have somebody else. Have somebody devout read it. That'd be good. Yeah. Right. You know, why don't you have me read, Peter, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. I'll read that one. Speaking of devout, does anybody, you don't watch The Handmaid's Tale, do you? I watch do not. I just started Tale. watching season two. Oh, my God. The last episode is this week. Do you watch it? It's, I'm very nervous. <laughs> I, like, don't know why I watch it. Really? Because it's so. It's very dark. So dark. Yeah. It's... <laughs> and, like so nuts yeah i was trying to describe it to dan and i was like i should stop because you're looking at me like are you psychotic why do you watch this what's the matter with you it's really but anyway the season ended last night i think did it and i always watch it that's the show that i watch every week when fawn naps after forest school have you uh watched season five of silicon valley no it is phenomenal. It's as good as the other seasons. People said, oh, it's not as good as the other four seasons. What it is. It's very, very good. Dan and I should watch it because we watched, we were on a, we get on these like kicks where yeah, we're like, does. let's watch TV at night after Fawn goes to bed for like two weeks and yeah. then we like binge a show and then we're like, oh, we're done with this. Like we watched probably half of that one show with all the meth. Oh, Breaking Bad. Breaking yeah. Bad. Yeah. And then we were like, nah, I'm kind of tired of doing this. And then we yeah. never finished it. No, I, I did the same thing. is on. Oh, our guest is ready to go? Uh-huh. I have to go. Oh, that's right. And you got to go anyway. Bye. All right. Well, thank you, dear. We'll talk to you later. Hopefully I'll have a baby. Yes. Yeah, hopefully you'll have a baby that was due two days ago. But other than that, don't worry about how the rest of us feel. Okay, yep. That's exactly it's how all it. about us. That's all. I have yeah. All right, Alex. Well, let us know if you go into labor. No. Mark, how are you today? Um, Mark D. Feldman. Hello. That's right. There. There he is. I like that he goes. That's right. It's Doctor Feldman to you, Tom. I'm talking to myself now, by the way. Uh, Mark D. Feldman, M.D. Promoting the book. Dying to be Ill, True Stories of Medical Deception. We, I don't even like hearing that title. I mean, it's a wonderful title. It's not that kind of medical deception. Oh, good. You're thinking doctors deceiving patients. No, I'm thinking hospitals deceiving patients. Well, that's the same idea, but it's the other kind. Good. Munchausen syndrome that. kind. Oh, it's Munchausen syndrome? Mm-hmm. Dr. Feldman, how are you? Doing really well. I'm glad to hear I'm that. I'm not deceiving any doctors right now. 
<laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. That's good. Most of us can recall a time when we pretended to be sick to reap the benefits that go along with illness. By playing sick, we gain sympathy, care, and attention. We're excused from our responsibilities. Though doing so on occasion is considered normal, there are those who carry their deceptions to the extreme. In this book, Dr. Mark Feldman describes people's strange motivations to fabricate or induce illness or injury to satisfy deep emotional needs. Is Munchausen syndrome a prime example of what we're talking here, Dr. Feldman? Yeah, that's the most familiar term to the general public. It's not really the one psychiatrists use, but it it refers to people who do feign or actually self-induce illness because they're looking after some they're looking for some kind of emotional gratification. They're looking for attention and sympathy and care. They're not primarily looking for drugs or money, um, but they may get those nonetheless. But the primary goal is attention and nurturance. Are these people that just, you know, do you mind if I take just a very, very quick break and come back? Because I have about a billion questions for you. Is that all right, Dr. (laughs) Velvet? We'll be, That's fine. I'll be right, we'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. And now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, June 18th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I've lost over 55 pounds at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth. After being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that are weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutramost weight loss plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food. I'm never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Call now to register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner. It is on June 18th. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. I remember when my older brother came home from Vietnam and how proud I was to be seen with him in uniform. I'm a huge supporter of our military men and women and always have been. I've also got a soft spot for women and children. Lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans. That's exactly what the Gold Star Ride Foundation does. This summer, the Gold Star Ride Foundation will travel across the country visiting Gold Star families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten. I made a commitment to help this organization just like Weston Choppers, Northlight Color, and Print Media Minnesota, and you should too. It's pretty easy to do. Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the Donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget we're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today. It is Dean Martin's birthday today. How lucky can one guy be? And yes, I did hit the post, Dr. Feldman. <laughs> There's no question about it. The, the, the vocal post. Uh, Dr. Feldman, today is Prince's birthday, Dean Martin's birthday, and Tom Jones's birthday. Apparently, you're quite musical if you're born today. Yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds like it, absolutely. Um, my first question for you. Dying to be ill, true stories of medical deception. We're talking to Dr. Mark Feldman. Thank you for being with us today, sir. My first question would be, because I grew up in a family of seven children. I was the middle child. I have an older brother, two older sisters, and three younger brothers. It's very difficult for someone in a family like that to get a whole lot of attention because I guess responsible parents try to spread the attention out amongst all seven children. Is are, are children from large families kind of, are they kind of prone to do this kind of thing, or does that have nothing to do with it? Is this all about attention? Well, it seems to be that people who have Munchausen syndrome, or <clears throat> as we refer to it in psychiatry, factitious disorder, um, have a problem with getting enough uh, emotional attention Mm -hmm. and emotional supplies met in childhood and whether that's because they come from very large families or due to withdrawal of the parents such as from depression whatever it is 
they feel this lifelong need to get attention in any way they can. Yeah, that makes total sense. So in any way, I, I suppose some kids commit crimes, some, I, I guess it's just about, I was told that uh, a woman I knew got pregnant in high school specifically to get attention from her parents. I mean, yeah, that... people will engage in sometimes really self-defeating behaviors to try to get attention. For example, some of the patients I discuss in the book inject themselves with bacteria, uh, take poisonous substances, swallow drain cleaner. Mm-hmm. It goes on and on and on just to be able to go to the emergency room or the doctor's office and say, look, I'm sick. You need to do something about it. And the nurses come running, the doctors come running, um, and they bask in that attention it feels like glory to them so is that that whole thing that uh drama they used to call them drama queens i think there was even a tv show called drama queens is that what we're talking about here well some people do it more quietly that is they may claim to be sick but they're they don't actually do something to make themselves unwell and they email friends family others join online support groups and make up stories about crises in their lives or illnesses in their lives or in their children. And they feel this uh, immense gratification at the outpouring of attention and sympathy that they get. These are people who tend to have personality disorders going way back. They haven't learned about how to ask in straightforward ways that their needs get met. And so they resort to these desperate measures to to meet needs that they they feel ill-equipped to get any other way. They tend to be quite isolated and alone. And the drama, even if it's totally invented, um, helps them meet those needs. It does, absolutely. You know, it's interesting, Dr. Feldman. And you said you're, you're a psychiatrist, psychologist? Yes. You're a psychiatrist, okay. Yes. Um, Cumulus is the company that owns the morning show on which I, on which I work. I have a morning show and this afternoon show. And I went... When I first flew to Atlanta to talk to the vice president of uh, programming for the company, I said, no, and I tend to be very forward with people. I, I tend to get along with women much more than men, and it's not a sexual thing. I was raised by my mother and my two sisters. Therefore, I tend to get along with, and it's not an intentional thing. So I was sitting and talking to this man for quite some time, and he's a great, he and I are great friends now. He's a wonderful guy, but... Uh, we went back to the airport. He was going to Cleveland. I was going to West Palm Beach, and another guy with us was going back to Minneapolis. And before we separated, the vice president of the company came over, put his hand on my shoulder, and said, Tom, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> and walked away. Should I have taken that personally? <laughs> Sometimes that makes for the best personalities, though. Well, that's, I think, Um, what he was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, really engaging and um, chatty. And people who um, are extroverted sometimes initially strike others as um, too forward or a little offbeat. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I I tend to be an extrovert. And I don't have a lot of fear of of a lot of things. I'm I'm not a fearful person. So, yeah, yeah, I guess that's what it is. it's the exact opposite of what these patients tend to experience. Some really? of them are so shy and into themselves that they don't want to seek any kind of counseling, psychotherapy, whatever it is, um, for their problems. They just continue for year after year to induce illness or lie about illness rather than take the bull by the horns and get some necessary treatment. You see, that's fascinating to me. I, I just... Because I, I have many friends who are, in, in, in Minnesota, and I don't know if this is unusual or not, but psychiatrists and psychologists, uh, psychiatrists can prescribe drugs, psychologists cannot. But right. in a, a lot of places, psychiatrists and psychologists are kind of the same thing, aren't they? They, can... it, it, they, they may choose to practice in the same way, which means they may focus on providing family, marital, individual therapies rather than wade into the whole area of pharmacology and yeah. writing prescriptions for antidepressants or antipsychotic drugs. Generally, psychiatrists can do that, psychologists can't, but that's starting to change in some states. Yeah. If they get enough training, psychologists may be uh, increasingly allowed to prescribe. You know, looking through your book, there there are things that I saw, and it just 
made me very, very sad that people had to go to such extreme measures to get attention or to feel better about themselves. Everything from you talk in your book uh, about false epilepsy. Uh, it's just how sad is that? Well, it's sad in a lot of ways, but there's also a chapter and many examples of healing and improvement. And it used to be, and probably still is to some extent, that even doctors say, this is untreatable. If you encounter such a patient, run in the opposite direction. Um, They give ultimatums to their patients. Look, if you fake illness one more time, I'm firing you from my practice. But we have a lot of stories of, of people getting better, um, not always through psychotherapy. Sometimes it's through the church or through life change in general or finding a spouse who provides the attention that they were craving in pathological ways. So the overall message, I hope, is be aware that this exists. Doctors in particular and health professionals need to be aware, but also don't give up hope that these people can get better. I think one of the patients who feigned epilepsy is now doing splendidly. Um, She finally got over it after we had some extended psychotherapy sessions. So um, hope is is ever-present with Munchausen syndrome. You know, Dr. Feldman, I love the way you just made that statement because that's one thing I admire about people in your position, and I think why people like you get into the profession. I have a very close friend that I love dearly. He has devoted his life to helping out families who have just lost a child. That's what he does. Wow. It's just you guys are amazing people. You really are. I, I, I love what you do. And the well, way you, thank you. Oh, I love doing it. It, do people realize, though, what you, what you, what it is that you do? Because it is, I don't know that I could I could do it. I, I you're you're probably a lot stronger than I am. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know. Well, I've been doing it for 25 years. I mean, I didn't intend to become an expert in Munchausen syndrome. A patient mm-hmm. visited me one day, and she had it full blown. I didn't even know what the name for it was. She had shaved her head and claimed the hair loss was due to chemotherapy. She dieted to lose 60 pounds. She claimed that she had terminal breast cancer and had just a little time to live. She even enrolled in a breast cancer support group for a year and a half. Uh, She was always telling the other women, you're not dealing assertively enough with your illness. Do as I do. She never had cancer. Um, We admitted her to the hospital, treated her depression, worked things through with psychotherapy, and she did well. And that always made me feel affirmative and forward-looking about Munchausen syndrome. It made me feel that the naysayers are wrong and there is hope for these patients. See, that, that's the wonderful thing. I think also people like you, Dr. Feldman, you, you tend to always believe there's, there's some form of help, there's some degree of help. And I think most of us kind of, I don't know, I don't, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I've met many, many people in your profession and become friends with a lot of people in your profession. But, but I think a lot of people do give up hope on others, uh, but people like you don't do that. That's terrific. Well, I do my best. I do have to say there are those who not only uh, uh, get attention under false pretenses, but actually launch GoFundMe pages and do other Uh, things that bring them tangible benefit, Um, like uh, money or, as I mentioned before, maybe opioid medications. That starts to veer into the criminal perspective, and that's when law enforcement gets interested and involved. But it's not illegal to steal somebody's sympathy. And so these patients aren't uh, dealt with through the criminal justice system. They have to be dealt with by doctors who are devoted to them and to learning all they can about it. Because aside from my own books, there's not a whole lot to read about Munchausen syndrome and how to treat the patients. Is there, uh, there can't be obviously a set timetable, but does it take years to, to, make someone better i don't want to say cure someone but to make someone better does it take a long long time to get to get that job done i don't think it necessarily takes a whole lot of time the problem is that it may be many years before the patient comes to access some treatment so they've established a life pattern based on deception people know them through their lives they're used to lying and so the longer they've done that the longer the treatment tends to take but uh, the most severe Munchausen case I've ever seen 
<clears throat> was resolved after about two to three years of psychotherapy, as well as other hard work on the part of the patient, going back to school and getting an education, finding a satisfying career, that sort of thing. Um, but uh, she did just about everything to one's body one can do that's harmful. And today she's cured. That's the word she uses, and so I use it too. It's been about 11 years since she did anything to hurt herself. That's true. Are most of these people forced into seeing, seeking treatment by other family members, or do they eventually realize, I have to stop? Is it both? Most of them don't get any treatment, and it's a behavior that tends to dissipate as people get into their 50s and 60s. Oh, okay. Uh, and it may go that long. Um, I, the most common email I get through my website is from people who are family members who are desperate to get treatment for a patient right. and don't know how to go about it. And the hard truth is there aren't that many experts nationally. So I'll ask people where they come from and then have to tell them, I really don't know of anybody particularly knowledgeable there. Uh, they can read my books. I can try to offer some informal advice, but I can't really be their doctor. And that's, that's tough for some of them to hear. Yeah, I would imagine that is true that you can't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I should mention that because we only have about two minutes left, uh, my father was schizophrenic. And mm -hmm. as a, a little boy, it used to trouble me deeply that he would see and hear things that weren't there. And I, I do carry that with me to this day. Um, so once again, I'm, I guess that's why I have such an affection for people in, in your field, because you deal with things that other people just couldn't deal with. But uh, I just, again, I want to thank you for, for being who you are. I think it's terrific. Sure. I wanted to be a psychiatrist since I was about 12. Yeah. So, and, it has, and I've never re-examined it. It's always made sense to me. So it would take a psychiatrist treating me to figure out why that is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that's the way it is. I love what I do. Do you think, you th did you have really nurturing parents? Uh, you, I mean, to, to have... They were extremely supportive. My yeah, father was yeah. a doctor, but uh, he was a surgeon. But he never... Um, rebuked me for seeking a non-surgical specialty he was always incredibly supportive about that isn't that wonderful i mean that, that's yeah, fantastic great to have parents like that but uh dying to be ill true stories of medical deception a fascinating book a great book dr mark feldman the book is available everywhere sir it, especially online at amazon barnes and noble etc very quick story to end. We've only got about 35 seconds, but I was in my friend's office one day just sitting and talking to him, and he said, you'll have to go when my patient gets here. We sat there for a half an hour. His patient never came, so we decided, well, i got to go anyway. I got up, and I opened the door, and his patient was standing in the doorway in a karate pose and had been there for a half an hour. It was unbelievable wow. to witness. It was amazing I to witness. I've experienced a lot of things in my life. I haven't had that. No, I haven't either. <laughs> that particular I, I, one. I haven't again, uh, Dr. Feldman, I'll tell you that. You're a great yeah. guest. Thank, thank you very much, sir. Glad to do it. Thank you so much. Dying to be ill, true stories of medical deception. Dr. Mark Feldman, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.